The award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race that continues to break boundaries for our queer community and creates a platform for creatives and artists like yourself. She is one of the previous contestants and drag queen royalty from the Philippines, Miss Ong Jaina! It is definitely an honor to have you on the Invisible Thread, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Wait, I just want to ask, how do you guys know each other? Oh, here we go. So we met when I was freelancing for visual merchandising with Burberry, and he came. um, We were doing an installation in the New York showroom, and he came from D.C. to help. Um because he was doing the territory DC and mm-hmm. surrounding areas. Yeah. And I was friends with somebody who needed help. And at the time I was doing VM. So I remember, and the story is told over <laughs> millions of times, but it's hilarious. I remember um, I was trying on sample shoes because that's what, you know, sample heels. And yeah. I was like doing a <laughs> runway and I was like squealing and having a really good time. <laughs> and around the corner comes Perlito and had no idea what was happening, just like kind of stood there hearing me like squeal trying on sample shoes and I'm like, hi, I'm Ryan. <laughs> like if you could imagine, okay, so I was like in the other room just minding my own business and like this like, yeah, like this boisterous sound coming from the other room and I was like, what in the hell is going on? So I go over there and I look and he, like, you know, because the heels give him like height or what have you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> The minute she took it down, I was like, "What?" All I remember the shoe too. I remember energy. the shoe. It was yeah. it was like a braided, like it was like a wooden chunk heel. Mm-hmm. Really popular back in two thousand and what five yeah, when we 2005, met. Two thousand five, yeah. Like that chunky heel, like that chunky front, and it had like a Burberry like plaid moment. <laughs> I don't know exactly the shoe, but I just I remember it being so two thousand. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I was like living for it. You know what I mean. Thank so. you, Christopher Bailey, for those designs back then. You was like hot. So, so yeah, that's how we met. Oh my gosh! So your story it reminds me of Hayden's story. Oh yeah, of how you um, and Hayden met too. Oh yeah, he mentioned his story about you were me like and, di- yeah you you were like digging through like something on the You're top like in the ceiling. Or something. I was like up up above, and then he comes in. Um, I want to say he was wearing a burgundy blazer. I'm trying to like remember. <laughs> but he comes in and he was like about to have an interview at BB. Did he mention where he was having yeah. an interview? Oh, oh uh-huh. he did? He did, did not? Did he say BB? He said BB. Okay. Oh, he did say BB. Okay, So sorry. that's when I met, uh, that's when I met Hayden. He was interviewing to be a manager at BB and I was already there. And I was like, I don't know, I was doing something. But then I turned around and I was like, hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> instant friends. It's, it's always instant friends. Yeah. I love that. I love looking at the photos too, like your past photos of you and Hayden. Oh my God. People now love sending me like TBTs, <laughs> legit from like 2001 and beyond. Um, I have some from like 2001 and 
previous, but most of like my queer life started to happen and most of my like fashion life started to happen like in New York City when I moved there in 2001. And uh, so it's just really surreal to see like who you are back then Mm -hmm. and how that shaped you to be now. Mm -hmm. And just like the experiences that you have throughout your like personal life or your professional life and the people that you've come across and all the things that you've done. And then sometimes you have some questionable looks. (laughs) Oh, definitely. I think we all have at some point, yeah. But then you you look back and kind of like want to reference that look. Mm. And then it's it's just, it's all good. You know, like I don't think, I've, I've only only had like one regret in my life and that's like moving to San Francisco, but that's a different <laughs> podcast and a different conversation. So let's talk fashion and drag. I thought you were going to say um, a fashion regret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, no, I went to San Francisco. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I do have some fashion regrets though. Um, selling, so what I do is like, I like to accumulate pieces, but when I'm done with them or I'm bored with them, I'll sell them. Mm-hmm. And there have been some pieces. <gasps> Me too. That I'm like, oh my God. Like, especially when I get these TBT photos from like Facebook memories or like mm-hmm. my friends sending me and I was like, oh my God, where, why did, I mean, it probably half of them wouldn't fit me anymore, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of my accessories are really like, I really like, when I see some photos, I like regret Same. selling them. But the thing is for me, it's like- An with, evolution. Yeah. Well, it's not only an evolution. I, like for me and how I tie it back to drag, it's like once I'm done with something and or bored with it and I've shown it, like I'm not an archival piece of person. Like I don't mm-hmm. keep it for archival purpose. Like if it served this purpose at that time with fashion and drag, I'm just like, okay, I'm good. I can sell it. And then on to the next. I'm like that too. Yeah. I have a big reselling business, yeah. my stuff and like my clients okay. pieces. So I am constantly on Poshmark every day. And oh, eBay yeah. every day. I love mm-hmm. Poshmark. Two, two pieces that I really regret. I know like this is so, super <laughs> off topic, but there's these two pieces that I like freaking regret selling. One of them is an extra, extra, extra large Chanel flat bag. And when I say extra large, it's like this big and this big. There was only 10,000 of them made. And I was able to um, buy one from Decades on Melrose. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking out Love for you that, that you don't place. have it. I know. And I remember going to Saks and there's this lady who works there. He's, she's been with Chanel, she's like said 20, 20 some years. And she literally stopped me and she's like, excuse me. And I was like, what? I didn't steal anything. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Why am I? She's like, where did you get that? And I was like, oh, I got it at Decades. Um, she's like, that's archival. There's only 10,000 of those made. Oh, and I, I was like, that. how do you know that? She's like, I've been working here for like 20 some years. And she's <laughs> like, no one has that except for like client clients. And I was like, well, I'm a client client. Not really, because <laughs> I got it at decades. And then like, anyway, fast forward like 10 years later, I wanted to get a Vespa, so I sold it so I can buy a Vespa. <laughs> if you had that bag now. Oh, it would be $25,000, I'm so upset. You can upset. have 20 Vespas. Um, I'm so upset, that's one regret. And the other one is I had this Prada duffel that was like sheep fur. Oh shit. Which I don't do fur now, but it was sheep fur. It's a square, like brown leather Prada, like gorgeous. Um, I got it from another consignment store, like super cheap, but then I wanted to get a different Prada bag. So I sold that one <laughs> and then bought the other Prada bag. But anyway, those are my, 
I think those are the two that like stick in on top mind. of yeah. They're the gonna Chanel stick in my one. mind for I, you. The, the Chanel, Chanel one. The just Chanel hit me hard. one. I know. There's <laughs> another piece of Chanel that I sold recently. <laughs> oh no! You need to hold on to your Chanel. I think, I, think I think I'm not a Chanel girl. Mm. I think like I think at the time I buy it because I love it, but like I had this like you know regular like clutch that I bought recently. Like a year or so ago, and I was like, I just, I just don't love it. Mm. And then I sold it for more than what I paid for it, so I'm like, it's fine. That's it's key. Because then I bought Balenciaga, which I love yes. so much more. So anyway, yes. let's get into it. I'm sorry, I can talk. <laughs> I, can oh, talk I love that. Stories. I love listening to that. No, That's that- actually a good question we should ask our guests. Is like. Fashion regrets that you wore, yeah. or like fashion regrets that you've that. sold. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's definitely some fashion regrets that I've worn, but we're not gonna <laughs> Google those, right? <laughs> not right now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe at the end. Okay. <laughs> so everybody knows you as the iconic queen on season one, and then of course you're on All Stars five, and you're like one of the most loved, beloved queen drag queens in the industry. But not a lot of people know that you actually came. From the fashion industry. Yeah. Could you walk us to your past and like how you uh, climbed up the industry and to where you were present day? So my fashion career started with Aldo shoes. Oh, wow. (laughs) Back in the mall in a small town adjacent to Seattle called Linwood. Oh, I love. And after working in like different places i that was like my first i would say clothing retail fashion and then that's where i really learned a lot of like trend driven like accessories and shoes because a lot mm-hmm. of it were knockoff of like prada yeah. knockoff of like versace like there's so much knockoff that like runs through that house yeah. but i at the time didn't know that I was just loving, loving it. and living, you yeah, know what I mean? like yeah. buying, and it's like, ooh, what is this little red stripe in the back? <laughs> yeah, little yeah. did I know that like that was originally from Prada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So then, fast forward, I for clothing, I actually got recruited to work for Wet Seal. Yeah. Oh my gosh, these OG. Oh like- my god, that's just showing my age. <laughs> Just for the record, I am 22 years old. (laughs) So basically, oh my God. So basically like I got recruited and that was like my first like managerial job. Again, trend driven, fast fashion. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of like strong point of views at the fashion of of that era. That is true. That is the back in the day fast fashion. Yeah. Wet seal was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the H&M Zara's. Of yeah. the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Wet Seal really catered to a more younger generation, but really honed in on like trend driven fashion that was inspired by many of the fashion houses mm-hmm. and anything that really um, captured their client base. They did. That job is the job where I learned so much about the back end of retail. And that's what led me to move to um, New York City. Wet Seal did? Yeah. From Seattle? From Seattle. (gasps) I didn't realize. So I I had a manager at the time that was uh, really helping me and growing into this role. And uh I was doing like assistant manager slash VM. So when the opportunity knocked and they were like, they were like, you know, you can, you can 
grow. You could do, there's all these stores everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And at the time I had moved back home from moving out of my parents' house. And I said, I'm going to move back home. I'm going to work at Wet Seal. And then in, you know, in a few months, I'm going to move to New York. Because it's like, I was so inspired by fashion. It's like, what other places, except for like maybe London or Paris, Mm -hmm. could I go to that's easy and affordable at the time Mm -hmm. for like my living? And there's no way that I was going to get like a visa to go to Paris. You know what I mean? So I was like, let's go to New York. So I moved there three weeks after 9-11 actually. And at that time I almost did not because of what happened, but I'm so happy that I did. Because from there, my experiences just grew and it became what it became, which was I became um, a multi-manager for visual merchandising. And actually that happened with Intermix in 2007. And that's who moved me to Los Angeles to help the expansion of the brand here on the West Coast. And at the time of me leaving them in 2015, I had been overseeing a total of 18 stores in multi-territories, which was really great because each territory was localized and different. So you could really play with like the aesthetic and the point of view, obviously like keeping it within the intermix point of view. But that's where I learned a lot about fashion houses mm-hmm. and like s- style beyond trends and like iconic pieces and like brands and stuff like that from contemporary to luxury. Because Intermix at the time had what? Proenza? It had everything. It had Balmain, Proenza. It had East Saint Laurent. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the brothers that used to own it had such a strong belief and like point of view in this brand that like, that like they just loved fashion. They loved women's fashion. And at one point, like one of the brother's wife was the buyer Mm -hmm. and she had the eye for the most like amazing things. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like- What was her name? Sorry. So that's kind of like where I um, learned a lot about style, fashion, beyond trends and like houses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there- because I I got on RuPaul's Drag Race and um, I got on RuPaul's Drag Race in 2009 when I moved here already in LA. But um, I didn't actually pay attention to how, like I didn't actually like make it a full-time job until 2018. Mm-hmm. It's when I finally quit retail and said, I'm gonna focus my business on drag and see where that leads me and Luckily, I'm still really successful. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have like a memorable moment that sticks in your mind about that first season? Maybe it was like your first day or... Yeah, there was a couple of things that I remember. Um, The first thing was I was super excited Mm -hmm. and I remember I wore... my, uh, My outfit was like really inspired by like sort of the like what's happening in fashion at the time. It was like leggings, like blue sant blouse, but I had my Prada fringe bag <laughs> uh-huh. and I had my Provence schooler shoes from the runway. <laughs> and, you know, I had my little hat and I was like barely makeuped because uh, that was kind of like my look at the time. But I remember walking in and I first, and I saw the first three contestants and I was like, um, you guys look fabulous. I was like, are you guys the host? 
I didn't know if there were like competitors because yeah. they were so freaking absolutely gorgeous. And so I was just like, um, I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> That's so intimidating. I, it's so uh-huh. intimidating. But also like I was young. I was like excited. I was like ready to go. And they're like, no, girl, we're competing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so that was like, that was like really cool. Um, I think you were 26. Right? I was 26. Yeah. yeah. And then... I brought, I remember like packing for this show and you I borrowed re- one of my luggage, by the way. Did I? Yeah, the burgundy one. I did? Yeah. Oh my God. I kept, because I I, he put his name in tape. Yeah. I kept it there as long as it could possibly be <laughs> on there. Because I was like, oh my God, my luggage went to RuPaul's. <laughs> this tr- is amazing. This is, yeah. I yeah. forget. I, I mean, I don't remember what I did five yeah. minutes ago, but. That's incredible. And the thing is, is like I did borrow a lot of stuff like during that time because they send you a list and they're like, bring bring oh. these categories with you. Now it's really specific. Like they give you a list and there's like, bring a fringy outfit for this runway or bring, you know, the, the category will be love the skin you're in and you can mm-hmm. interpret that however you want. So, but in season one, they, they gave us like a one-sheeter <laughs> and it's like, these are the things you have to do. These are the things that you have to like confirm and then these are the things you have to bring. Now they give you like a 37-page contract <laughs> yeah, and you're like signing your life away. Oh my God. Walking in was so surreal and it definitely like ignited the excitement because it was like something new, something different. And uh, it was really awesome. Did you know while you were recording it, like, this is going to take off as a show? No, absolutely not. Um, at oh. the time, everything felt so rough mm-hmm. and and so new. And even the production team didn't really know what we... Like, we had a set thing we had to do for today. But I think now it's so fine-tuned and so it's a machine. It's like now they have like A B C D E F G. But at that time, like I remember our first day, we were we were filming for like I don't know eighteen hours. <laughs> oh like, my, oh god. my god, I'm so tired. <laughs> at that time, no, I didn't think that it was going to be like this huge phenomenon uh, amongst people beyond the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, like yeah. every, everyone loves the show. Everyone. Yeah, it definitely changed my life, and I think it's an incredible show, and people love it. So because mm. I I remember. You just as Ryan, right? Because mm-hmm. then we worked in the same industry. We were friends. We just had such a great time. You moved to LA. I was like, yes, bitch. Remember the premiere party that I had at um, La Cita? No, not La Cita. It was at Mustache Mondays. Uh-huh. And I performed Diva with a knife. Do you yes. remember? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just to like touch on his, his acts back in the day. Also, oh, um, not now. Not they're, now. Okay, they're shut hot. up. <laughs> they're hot. But I remember you did Beyonce, If I Were a Boy. What's the name of that song? No, I did Beyonce. Um, What's that song? What, is it the one that I got like naked? You like Virgin Mary or No, something? so it's, it's different. Um, Halo. <laughs> Halo. Oh, Halo. Yeah. yeah. He was a Virgin Mary and he climbed on top of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, proceeded to like... How uh, sexual... Um, and he put, he, he put yeah. his foot on because uh, Lacita had a railing. <laughs> he put his foot and his foot like clawed onto the railing. I you tell this story all the time. It's like one of your favorites. But I I think it changed my life. Like, <laughs> I, it was amazing. Like his shows. I mean, they're amazing now. But back then, they were just like 
Because you know when you're first coming out, you're you're so creative and so edgy mm-hmm. and just so different. His voice was so different back then. It's amazing still. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think back in the day when I was like younger and I had more like guts, I think I would say. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't so worried about like what people thought. Yeah. Um, I just went for it. Like I love performing and I love references back from fashion, like references back from like pop culture. So I love references back from like anything that make maybe want to question what you're looking at, Mm -hmm. but still super entertained. And a lot of those, like for many years I did until, you know, recently, I think now I still love performing. I still love all of those references, but there's definitely some sort of like, I don't know how to describe it, but like I, I don't push myself as far because I don't want to offend kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like I, I want it to be entertaining and less like questioning at this <laughs> point of my career because I just want you to come and have a really good time and mm-hmm. see the show for for how incredible shows drag shows are. Mm-hmm. And it really for me also enjoy the visual aspect of it because I love looks. Mm-hmm. Because I come from fashion, a lot of my looks now tend to blend fashion and drag. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I like to be bigger than than life because I don't usually wear wigs. So I try to make sure that the other visual part of my drag is at this level like everybody else, even though I'm missing a part of it that people tend to associate with drag, which is like a wig. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, think, they think that like drag illusion is is only like one certain way. But now that we're in like 2022, drag can be an illusion of what you think that illusion is for yourself. And if you're happy doing that and you can entertain and deliver that, then it should be valid. But some people still question like, People always will question because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. people just have, they have nothing else better to do. Yeah. And like, <laughs> so we were in Puerto Vallarta not too long ago and um, we were like, uh, just like hanging out, whatever, going from bar to bar like you normally do in Puerto Vallarta. And he said something to me, he goes, um, I want to go see this show. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. And he goes, because, and the reason why you said you wanted to see it is because you are a huge fan of drag. Mm-hmm. And like that hit me because like, I know it's like a weird thing to say because like we're out partying, we're having a good time and I'm over here like introspectively thinking like, oh wow, he's like a really, <laughs> he's a true fan of drag. And it made me think about me and you. Yeah. Because like we are true fans of fashion. We're yeah. kind of geeky about it too in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like geeky about it when it comes to drag. And yeah. I know we were probably drinking, but my heart was like, I love, I love, (laughs) I I love drag. It's just, I mean, it's just so freeing and liberating and entertaining. And like, even if I, like I could be having like the worst day and I've watched like drag makeup transformations on like TikTok or YouTube or whatever, or Instagram. And it like, just like makes me smile. I just love Mm -hmm. it. And, And because I'm part of it, like it makes me really happy the same way that you and in your careers in fashion makes you so happy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same escape. with me. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Our escape, it's like yeah. basically. We're very lucky. It's yeah. very hard to, you know, 
do what you absolutely love and that you're the biggest fan of for a living and get paid for that. It's like sometimes I'm pinching myself. Like I can't believe I get paid to yeah. go shopping for people. Yeah. Well, like, so. so when you said that, it related to me in a different way. Even though yeah, we were course. like going from bar to bar mm-hmm. in the middle of bar to bar. To have you a shed a tear, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I like I did. But I'm wasn't not it a, gonna was lie. It, but wasn't it a great show? It was amazing. I mean, wasn't Beyonce amazing? Okay, I Foxy, got Foxy. We, we love you. We got but, on like the speaker block. Yeah, and we, were, we was like. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yeah I wanted I, to ask you because I love this fusion that you have of your passion for drag and your passion for fashion. And it sounds like you get a lot of your pieces, like archival pieces or things off the runway. How does your eye, when you're thinking of an outfit that you want to do and you find a piece, how do the undergarments and all of that come into play? Okay. So let's revere back to your question and let's not um, tell everybody I can afford things off the runway. (laughs) (laughs) I can afford to articulately recreate with my own designer things off of the runway. More high than low. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's definitely a lot of uh, inspiration from the runway. But as far as undergarments, it's all based off of like the look. We as, as queens have one set of undergarments that we go for is like you know a black thong panty and like a black push-up bra that sort of helps with the illusion of having you know breasts as a female some drag queens don't even do that anymore which is you know how they see their art and but for me when it's just like performing and stuff you have two sets you have the black set and the nude set but when you start doing like red carpet events or you're just attending parties, I kind of like to tie in my undergarments to like what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone's going to see it, but it's really important for one, not to show your bra straps when you have a strapless dress. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or if you're wearing something sheer and it has some colors in it, maybe pick one of the colors. So like your set, I just did this. I just did. Yeah. I just bought a lavender set because I have a lavender, like sort of sheer moment. And I also have OCD where, (laughs) um, you know, this, I'm very, because I come from visuals and visual merchandising. (laughs) I have a, a, an eye for the details. And I always believe that, Adding one more is too much. I don't want to look like it's not, it doesn't work together. Like there's so much that I just think about, but the main thing for me is looking right. So yeah, you just incorporate all of that within the look. It's like the look first, the vision first. Mm -hmm. How can I work around that vision to make it work? Mm -hmm. But but, you know, but it's very important to have like your basic sets. You have your black set and your nude set. And Mm -hmm. then from there, yeah, based off of the outfit, you could just build it. And if you need it to match certain colors, like that's kind of how I do it. Mm -hmm. And when you're pulling together looks, like where do you pull your inspiration from? Is it something that you just like, it's like a mood for you right now or happen to see a trend on the runway or, you know, you know, it's, oh, hell, I just want to wear this. Fuck it. Um, it really varies. I can be inspired by Fashion Nova or I can be inspired by Haute Couture. You know what I mean? It's like, like the thing about Dragon Fashion is like it has such similarities mm-hmm. in the visual for me that when I see something incredible at like at a store or like on a runway show, I tend to get inspiration from that. And then if I can buy it, I will. Then I accessorize it the way that I see it mm-hmm. based off of like maybe what song I would perform it in. Or if 
I'm inspired by something that's coming down the runway from like one of the houses, then I can get it recreated because it's inspired by and obviously like credit those fashion houses because it's it's one of the things that we do. Drag is an illusion, so it doesn't just stay within the illusion of being the drag artist that you are, kings, queens, or in-betweens, but the illusion of like, are you wearing Giambattasti Valley or like, are you not? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But inspiration's everywhere for me, but when I pull it it's, or when I see it, I take it, I'm inspired by it, and then I expand on it because I want it to look drag and more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's inspiring you now? Like, uh, have you been watching the fashion shows? Um, Okay, so I'm a really bad fashion gay because (laughs) um, I like like to watch um, fashion shows. And I think I watched a lot more fashion shows when I was doing VM. Yes. Versus now that I'm just a drag queen full time. Well, one of the people that helps me like keep track of a lot of fashion things is my friend Chuck. So he'll probably just like, he'll just like screenshot something for me and send it. Or be like, did you see this show? You have to watch it right now. And like, Scaparelli. Yeah, because exactly. Yeah. So there's already so much in that collection that I want to recreate, but I'm just like, oh my God. So it's like alien almost, like the way that they did the runway and social media. Mm -hmm. So I don't sit down anymore and watch full shows. I just like, I, I follow a lot of like social media, Instagram accounts that show these fashion inspirations. And I follow a lot of people in street style. So I kind of try and infuse both. And because that's kind of my style, like that's as a boy, yeah. I like to be casual, but I have like influences of street. But then as a drag queen, I like influences of street, but I like to be really over the top. Mm-hmm. Does that's that make fun. sense? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see I mean, that. I can't just go to like, Ralph's with my yellow tool dress. You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, I would, but I, I don't think I can. I mean, that's a look, you know, in a pro- hey, if you produce want to, section. You do it. Exactly. Yeah. Summon over avocados with that dress on. <laughs> yeah, this season, um, this fall, winter 22 mm-hmm. fashion month, we've been talking about it. Sick. There's been a lot of incorporation of drag, mm-hmm. either walking in the shows, attending the shows. Mm-hmm. It's really inspiring and it's super exciting to see all of this happen. Yeah, a lot of fashion houses are now embracing a lot of the queens because they're in the forefront of pop culture and they're in the forefront of social media. They are voices and very loud ones for the LGBTQ plus community. So it's important for a lot of these companies to embrace these queens that Mm -hmm. have the platform and have the fashion sense because it creates like this multiverse of engaging with like different audiences beyond LGBTQ. Yeah. And I think that's actually incredible. And there's so much that us as drag queens take from fashion houses that now it's all merging into one. And it's really fascinating to see. Like Miss Fame, I she's incredible. She's from Drag Race. She was one of the contestants. And now she's a face for a lot of these fashion mm-hmm. houses. It's crazy. Um, and she wears all of these like off the runway looks. And I'm just like, jealous. And then there's, <laughs> you know, there's like... Violet Chachki, who uh, also comes from season seven yeah. of RuPaul's Drag Race, but she's always been a fashion girl. And, you know, she's friends with a lot of people, including Jeremy Scott. Mm-hmm. And so she was at the Met Gala with yes. Moschino. And yeah. I'm like, jealous. 
And then there's also like newer girls now. There's Gigi Good, who was just in like a recent season. There's Simone, who's the winner of season 13, who's mm-hmm. also a huge Oof. fashion She's amazing. queen. There's Scott Mick, who's a, a trans oh, man yeah. who does drag, who's also was traveling all of these fashion shows with Violet Chachki just recently. Yeah. And there's so many others um, that, 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 that do it. And they may not be front row in the fashion shows, but there's so much fashion in drag because it's simultaneous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The inspiration is like both. I feel like Valentino's pink collection is inspired by us, I swear. Oh, that's an interesting take. I'm just kidding. She doesn't know who I am. <laughs> well, it's it's like when I think about it too, because like once we, because I did a deep dive and I was like just trying to, uh, see what drag queen was in what show and you know I just I started to kind of like deep dive Violet Chachki and I was like oh my god oh my god she's incredible yeah and her her very first job was with Mimiu. Uh they were and I heard this through the grapevine but I didn't know if it was true or not but like there is a design director underneath Micha Prada and his name is uh, Fabio um I don't want to butcher his name because he's done so much for the brand. He's done so much for Miu Miu. He's done so much for Prada. I don't want, we'll look it up and yeah. put it on the thing because I'm not even going to attempt. But his first name is Fabio. He's the design director, right? He's like Mrs. Prada's right hand. And not everybody knows this. He's a huge fan of uh, Drag Race. And my speculation, Hi, Fabio. Yeah, yeah. My speculation <laughs> is he must have a relationship with uh, Violet Chashke because her looks are full. It's like the bag, the shoe, the jewelry. It's, it was like PRs involved. Yeah. They set it up. It's a yeah. full they put the head look. to toe look. Yeah. yeah. And you don't normally get that unless you have a relationship with a, yeah. a fashion house. Well, you, know, you know what this feels like? This feels like back in like 2007, eight, when fashion bloggers starting to frequent the front row of fashion shows yeah. and a lot of like editors, buyers and stuff were questioning their, their attendance yeah. and their positions. They're like, why are they there? And then now see, you know, years later, their impact, their voice, mm-hmm. their reach for a mass audience is the same thing that's happening with drag. With like RuPaul Drag Race. The, we, yeah. I started in season one where the audience was a lot smaller, but now people are so gravitated towards like, the show mm-hmm. that it's a show beyond our community. It's a show for anybody. Mm-hmm. And because we are shown all over the world, there is this, like I said, this like this relationship with fashion and drag queens. And that's why I think it's important because they're putting these people in the front row, inspiring LGBTQIA kids that mm-hmm. one day they can sit in front of a show, a, a couture show or whatever, and like be dressed by that person yeah. and like walk the Met Gala like Aquaria. Aquaria you know, was also in there was too. there with. Yeah. I think there were Moschino. Moschino. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's incredible to see, and that's kind of the representation that we always sort of strive for as like as LGBTQIA community is the same inspiration that we hope that the kids will see and be like, I can be this person. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like why I think it's really important that the house is embracing it because 
now I even feel like people that are buying runway shows and fashion are also younger, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's always going to be like your customer at Chanel that's like in her 60s or 70s is like, I need the entire runway show just so I can sit and look at it in my 1400 <laughs> mm-hmm. square foot closet in my Beverly Hills mansion. Yeah. But there's also the kids that buy it and say, I need this for a TikTok video. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Totally. So I think that's why it's being embraced. And I think it's amazing. I, th- I think that's why <clears throat> timing is everything, really. Because when the show first came out, it was so new when you were on that cast. Mm-hmm. The opportunities weren't necessarily there yet, you know, because the show itself had to mature and garner the following that it has now. It's massive. You know, yeah. like he said, it's not just the queer and in-between community. It's like literally the entire freaking world. So like at this point, the timing for RuPaul's Drag Race and the fashion queens that's coming from RuPaul's Drag Race, they're given this platform to really speak uh, to kind of profile their own aesthetic, but also to be a face for a lot of these big fashion houses. It's, it's just like a huge accomplishment. That's why in the intro, it's like the show is groundbreaking. It, it is. It does yeah. break down these boundaries and these perceptions and these like preconceived notions of our community and to be given uh, validation at that level. I think it's amazing, you know? I remember I was listening to one designer doing an interview. I cannot remember the designer right now, but they were saying that when they see people who like are wearing their designs on the street and they're in head to toe, it's discouraging. And they like to see like one piece incorporated Mm -hmm. into their outfit or how they are putting their own touch on it. And when it comes to drag and it's so embellished and it's so over the top and it's so part of one's personality or one's performance at the time, that must be super cool as a designer to be like, oh my God, I would have never thought that that piece would now be used for this type of performance or be mm-hmm. worn this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just must be so cool to see. It totally makes sense how fashion and especially high fashion is getting incorporated into drag. Yeah. I mean, it's always been there. Drag queens always pull inspiration for a lot of fashion houses. May it be Mugler, may it be Saint Laurent, may it be, you know, like Chanel. There's mm-hmm. always like all of these inspirations that we pull. Some some of them can afford to just outright buy them. And mm-hmm. some of them, like me, who's still on season one budget, needs to recreate <laughs> it. And And I think as long as you're paying like respect and homage to like these designers, um, I think that it's okay to like recreate it. And and when we recreate it, we recreate it even bigger, which, you know, is incredible. It's even like, it can go back to like the the black community that did the voguing and like the, the balls that they put on. Mm-hmm. It's like in spot, they, they pulled direct inspiration even the houses house of balenciaga yeah 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 house of Mugler. but how much of how much of those balls and how much of those like um like events the fashion houses are inspired by or like you know yeah. madonna is inspired, inspired by, by the voguing so, yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah so it's like it's it's i think it all comes full circle no matter your industry you know and it it we all pull from inspiration from like these fashion houses and it's great. You know, speaking of fashion houses, if you were to pick one for yourself, cause you are so fashion forward and just, I, I look at you too. I, I, I love your style. I love the Thank mixture you. of street. I love, um, 
he loves an outerwear piece, you know. My God, can we have a winter in LA, please, so I can wear at least one of these outerwear pieces I'm I buying? I love that. No, uh. I love it. And 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 if you were to just pick a fashion house or even a designer, like, is there a designer out there that that you are following that you love? It. That, that could represent who you are as a fashion icon. It's so wild because it changes, right? Like year to <laughs> yeah. year. Mood to it mood. changes like Burberry Porsum at one yes! point, you know, was Pour like some. my ultimate favorite. Christopher uh, Bailey is like a genius. Genius. And then there was always Provence's schooler mm-hmm. um, when I was more like a ready-to-wear girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, just about 2006, 17 when I always butcher his name but Giambastista Valli yeah, yeah, yeah. started mm-hmm. doing all the tool I was super inspired by that I mean I it, I had one recreated that I recently actually passed on to another younger queen mm. because oh that's it, so cute yeah I mean it doesn't fit me anymore so. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know whatever but um so like that's your way of uh, sustainable fashion yeah you know? so like for two years I was really inspired by him um, at one point in time, I remember Nicolas Gasquer oh, from yeah. Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. He um, was so good at Balenciaga. Uh, but now I am really inspired by Valentino. I love all of the volume. <gasps> PP. All of PP. Yeah. Do you love? I love him. Uh, all of like uh, all of the colors, all of the volume, all of the ruffles, all of the feathers, all yes. all of it, all of it. His like, couture is a dream. Oh my god! It's like magical. It's yeah. so magical, and I've been watching that since Chuck has told me to. For like, <laughs> since like the pan, I think it started in the pandemic when I got really into like his like his separate mm-hmm. couture shows. You know, he had always had like, and then it was like bold colors, and mm-hmm. um, but I also really love Balenciaga. Mm-hmm. It's street. so funny because it's like Balenciaga is super street, right? Mm-hmm. But I also love the classic. Like not the classic, but I love like the el- like the elevated fashion of Valentino. So I kind of try and fuse those two together, yeah, and kind of create my own because it's like those two to me together is like what I think makes my drag fashion. Oh yeah, or even your drag fashion to boy fashion because I think the street part is like his boy. And it then, is, and then his drag fashion is more like that elevated like. Like Valentino, but like if you could do Valentino, Scaparelli, and a little bit of Rick Owens, just like in a, a leather, like a corset or like a, I don't know, like some kind of leather co- or something like an accent piece, it would be so cool, I think. Are you saying for me? Just as an idea. He's pitching you right now to sell you for your next show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all a pitch. I, I, I may, I may, I may. I, I'm talking to Scaparelli, I'm talking to Valentino, I'm talking to Rick it. Owens. I don't. Like Rick Owens. Oh my god. Okay, never mind. <laughs> the last um, collection think, is good though. Yeah. But I, we all I've have never, our own opinions, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We this all is have what our a own. fashion podcast is, right? To have a conversation about that. I don't totally. I've never been inspired by Rick Owens, even though I know he does create like really amazing pieces mm-hmm. that are unique. very curated and mm-hmm. unique. But if I was going to go for more of that, like, casual, I guess, sort of street, mm-hmm. I would focus more of my attention to uh, Balenciaga at the mm-hmm. moment because that's, like... But definitely, like, the two that you mentioned sure. plus Balenciaga, mm-hmm. then that's definitely, like, kind of what I'm inspired by right now. Mm-hmm. Well, if you love um, outerwear, 
Oh my God, I love outerwear. I don't know why. The Balenciaga, like, um, huge, like, robe-looking coat that was during the Hot Couture show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's a piece for you. Yeah, I know. I need... I need funds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're I staying to me. Balenciaga, Valentino, and Scavarelli. <laughs> that needs to be a thing. I know. I want some pink PP. Yeah. Me too. Head it's to toe. Though. And obviously, you're from the Philippines. And, and you know, your look on season five, uh, the skin. I love the skin that you, you are. And also, your entrance look was highly inspired by the Philippines. Like, Tell tell us how that like um, that came about. What was the inspiration for you? And you know, does your heritage play into some of your um, aesthetics? So I actually feel like I'm very westernized. So a lot of my culture sort of took a step back as I was growing up. I mean, I still speak Tagalog, and I'm really close with my family. Um, I love my family in the Philippines. But I think And if I, you drink enough, he has a little bit of an accent. I do. Oh, really? <laughs> and I have a lot but I have a lot of like Western inspiration. Um, but not so much like my culture or, you know, that like that type of inspiration. And I promise myself that I will look back on my heritage and my upbringing and my culture the next time I was to go back on television to really mm. represent for my country. So that's why it was really important to me to hire a Filipino designer, Patrick Isarena, who did my Love the Skin You're In, which was inspired by a mythical bird in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And um, my entrance outfit, which is inspired by my country being named as the Pearl of the Orient Seas. And... Um, and it was also inspired by one of our Filipino superheroes, Darna, um, which, who I remember being young age, like tried to be her. <laughs> <laughs> like, and uh, so there was a lot of what I owe to my country and my heritage and my family to really represent this time around, to really be proud of my culture. And because of those new relationships that I built with my designer and a lot of those conversations that I had that surrounded a lot of the inspiration from my country, like I am even more inspired now to continue to make sure that that's in my drag. That was her entrance look <laughs> of All Stars 5. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it was and like, you, hand, it was handmade. Who? Patrick is Serena. And he's a local designer? No, here? he's in the Philippines. He's in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. You this, this you archived. Yeah, this this is at home. <laughs> this will never leave me. Unless yeah. somebody. Doesn't that look heavy, though? Was it heavy? It was. It, heavy? Was, it was like 25 pounds. Wow. I know. The other queens are probably intimidated by you. They were when I first walked in with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know if y'all watched All Stars 5. I ended up leaving the next episode. But We're not going to talk about that. No. But I looked really good. So. <laughs> we're cutting that up. Yeah. I, I looked really good. I was really happy with the looks that I brought. So No, your looks was sick. Oh, It made me cry, actually, because, you know, I am Filipino, too. So it was important for me to, like, represent this time around because I didn't last time. And I owed it to... Not only my family, my ancestors, oh my, my community, God. but I owed it to myself to like reconnect with my Filipino upbringing. Yeah, and it was, it was and amazing. educate on a platform yeah. like that because, mm-hmm. like me sitting here watching the show, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I need to know more about that piece or yeah. that look. And then you're educating people who are sitting on their couches. That's, it was, it's really powerful. It was like a conversation because even when they did the uh, RuPaul Drag Race reviews, that some of them, the, like Bob the Drag Race, they didn't even know some of the references yeah. you were coming up yeah, with. Yeah, but they all loved it because, yeah, yeah. They all loved it. You should you should watch the just the finale episode of season 13. Okay. The fashion just watch it. Like mm. it's it's incredible. Like the Simone is oh my god, oh. beyond. Like just watch. Sick. Watch the last it was last season. So season 13's finale. Okay. You'll love all the it was, it was yeah. Like, I mean got mixed outfit. I'm not gonna show you and I'm don't want you to Google it because I want you to experience it like sitting in the here now. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. as they walk it out. As they're walking out. Oh fun. Yeah. yeah. So it fun. Was, so, I died. It's amazing. The goddess one of Simone. Oof. Yeah, it's amazing. I almost anyway. passed out. <laughs> I almost passed yeah. out. So being on um, Drag Race and being on the first season and being a maverick really for the show, what advice would you give an artist like yourself who's already in the game but wants to enjoy a long, successful career as a drag queen? Um, I think you have to be professional. You have to be humble. And you really just have to be an all-around nice person. Mm -hmm. Like I've been in this business now since 2009 is when my season aired and I've been blessed with the opportunity to continue performing. And I think a lot of why I still do and people rebook me over and over again is because not only am I able to deliver what I'm getting paid for, but I'm also a really nice person mm -hmm. beyond like my contract and my writer, me as a person entertainer, I would say and hopefully people agree that mm. I'm very pleasant to work with. And I, I truly can say that of myself. Um, and I'm also really professional and I also deliver what I'm asked. And a lot of times I think people are put off by some people's diva behavior, mm -hmm. which can be really off-putting in this um, industry. So if you are a queen or an artist or, you know, even in visual merchandising or in fashion and you want to make it to the next level, you have to ensure that you are willing to learn, grow and accept everything that you need mm -hmm. as someone who's just starting out to get to being booked, blessed, hired, and tired. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Hired and tired. Because I am hired, but bitch, I am tired. But, <laughs> but, but you just keep going. You deliver what is asked of you. And you're nice and professional. And, I, and to be honest, like even for to be in the fashion industry, relevance and being relevant is so difficult. And you've done it for so long. I think it speaks to your character. It speaks to who you are as an individual. And it speaks to your work ethic point blank. Like, Thank you. Yeah. You, you inspired me. I know we're friends and, I, and you don't need to hear that from me, but I'm still no, going to say it. No, it's good. <laughs> Thank you. When I hear that I've inspired other people, which is incredible because I, I literally just like want to live my life, celebrate it and perform. And eventually I'm going to not and not be able to because I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. And that is just the truth and the fact. And the thing is, it's like I want to continue doing it as much as I still can because eventually that time will come and then it'll be over. It's such a fun job. It's fun. It's fun. Like I get to travel the world and perform. Mm -hmm. What? 
dream. I know. It perks. It's like, it's, yeah. yeah, I just love it. And just to wrap up this wonderful Ooh, interview. Okay. <laughs> your last purchase. Ah. And why? Okay, so we all know that I love to shop. <laughs> Um, but my very last purchase is actually the shoes I'm wearing. Ooh. These are the very coveted. I'm going to take it off. Balenciaga. <laughs> oh, the very we coveted got the Crocs. Crocs Balenciaga on the fall runway. Pre-fall runway. Wait, can I feel them? Yeah. I want to feel how Does heavy, it look heavy they are. Are they? They're sort of. Medium. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, the I mean, you're going to feel that in your calves and your ass. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, the hardware alone on that thing, you can probably like build a watch. So I think the hardware is like plastic. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's not metal. But this is my mm. last purchase. And um, lies. Like, no, it is. Lies. No, you you, <laughs> you want to try them on? You, yeah. ask, you ask me what my last purchase is and this is them. Is it going to be my last purchase? No. Is it the Ooh, last she's thing? Clever. Is it the last thing that I bought? Absolutely. I love them. And what I want to do is now I'm trying to incorporate my boy fashion With and your- how I think so much about like casual, comfortable, street-ish yeah. to like my drag and how I can then take that elevated, sophisticated, like over the top fashion and like mesh them together. Mm-hmm. So I actually have a photo shoot with these shoes coming Ooh. up next week. And I'm just I'm like the idea of what I have is just like something I don't really do. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of a new look for me. So you're changing it up. You're yeah, saying, I'm, for next I'm, week. Yeah, well, not just for next week, but just like to kind of challenge myself that my drag shouldn't just look this way or that way, or my boy fashion shouldn't just look because it's ever evolving, like you said, and it's super fun to recreate and create. And it's just, it's, it's exciting to like challenge yourself and say, oh, I bought these like n- maybe non drag. Um, Crocs by Balenciaga, <laughs> which by the way you can't get. So, <laughs> and um, but I got them, <laughs> and uh, and kind of like figure out what sort of visual I can do for it on both. Oh, I love you know the I mean? build up, the little cliffhanger. Yeah, so, so we're excited so, to see next week. So this was the last thing I bought, but it's not the last thing I'm buying. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know you're extremely busy. Thank this was you. truly so special. Yeah, it's thank so you. fun. I can't wait for all of our Invisible Thread listeners to. <laughs> I know. This is going to be a treat for react. the Invisible Thread family, and like you know, for for our. Our family to you, thank you so much for your time. And we're honored that you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. I had a great conversation. And we'll be back with more episodes soon. Bye, Bye guys. guys. Bye.